Praise the Lord. Welcome back to our second service. <laughs> Taking some of you by surprise, right? All right, let's get the announcements out of the way. This week is family camp. Uh, goes through the 7th. If you're able, please go in person. Otherwise, they are working on having live stream. So we'll have that link on the Facebook page for you. Um, but just be patient. Um, it's, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so if it doesn't start right away, just kind of wait maybe 10 minutes or so. Give it some time for that live stream to show up. And uh, this Tuesday is being the 4th of July. Um, you can pray at home. We won't meet together here. But set aside that time, the 7 to 8, and be in prayer. Uh, Wednesday, because of camp, we will not have a Bible study here. So join us at camp online. Then July 8th is men's prayer at 8 a.m., followed by a ladies' meeting at 10 a.m. Uh, we are going to be going over, uh, looks like Mary and Martha. I can't read that from here. but uh, And then now we have just begun to take up the Move the Mission offering. We'll be taking that through August 20th. Just as a reminder, Move the Mission is what used to be called She's for Christ. So all the funds that we take up are going, the majority is going to be to buy vehicles for our missionaries. Some are in remote areas. So a vehicle may not mean a car. It may mean a boat. It may mean a plane. It may mean a little motorcycle. Whatever vehicle to get them to these souls, that's what Move the Mission is. Hallelujah. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. I will enter, made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad, he has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. 
I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice, for He has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice, for He has made me glad. I will enter His gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter His courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for He has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice, for He has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice, for He has made me glad. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we have come today to enter into your presence, to bring you sacrifices of praise to give you glory, to give you honor. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I give you glory and honor because you are worthy. You are the only one worthy. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy. We 
sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. We bring the sacrifice of praise. Lord, it doesn't matter how we're feeling, Lord. We will praise you because you are worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are the God of the valleys. You are the God of the mountains. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Jesus is the God we serve. Jesus is the God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. Jesus is the God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. 
what a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him, heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Jesus is the God we serve. Jesus is the God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. Jesus is the God we serve. Jesus is the God we serve. Jesus is the God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. Jesus is the God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Yes, hallelujah. You are mighty. Hallelujah. You are omnipotent, magnificent. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There is nothing impossible with you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, la Maria Moreta. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Alas, oh, sorry. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head? For such a worm as I, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away, it was there by faith I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day. Was it for crimes that I have done? He groaned upon the tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown. And love beyond degree. 
At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Well might the sun in darkness hide and shut his glories in. When Christ the mighty maker died for man the creature's sin. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. But drops of grief can ne'er repay the debt of love I owe. Dear Lord, I give myself away, tis all that I can do. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the propitiation for my sins. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Jesus hung on a cross for you and for me. We can't ever forget what He's done for us. What He does for us. Praise God. The benefits, the blessings that we receive of Him each and every day are absolutely overwhelming. I made a joke downstairs about me making $135 an hour at Quick Trip. <coughs> no one believed me. That's good because it's not true. <laughs> but man, serving the Lord Jesus, I feel like I make that and a whole lot more. Praise God. The benefits, the blessings that we receive of Him. Not just tangibles. The tangibles, they come and go. 
I mean, they're, they're nice. I I rejoice with everyone else when I get a new this, that, or the other. Absolutely. But the intangibles, those things that we really need, the love of God, the mercy of God, the peace that passes all understanding, joy unspeakable and full of glory, those things, I can't find them anywhere else. I've got to go to Jesus Christ to get those things. He's the only one that provides them. And He provides them from someone that hated His guts. He provides them to someone who who walked contrary to His ways, His laws, His precepts. He loved me when I hated Him. He died on a cross when I couldn't care less about anything about Him or, or what He thought or did or anything. Praise God. He loved me enough to keep reaching out, keep calling. I think of the Adam, where art thou? Put our names in there as well. It was like he sought for Adam, he sought for each and every one of us. We didn't find him, he found us. Praise God. Praise God. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our undying, unbroken, dedicated service to Him. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 is where we'll find our Scripture text today. (coughs) Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. We're going to talk about... I wanted to talk about prayer today, but I think this is kind of going to go all over the place, so <laughs> just bear with me. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 states this, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Exceeding abundantly. How many times have we heard that? How many times have we quoted this verse? Heard it quoted? By others. And yet, we still live the way we live. We still endure the things that ought not be endured by any Christian. I want to talk to us for the remainder of our time together on this topic. Anatomy of an unanswered prayer. Anatomy of an unanswered prayer. Lord Jesus, we worship You. We praise You. We thank You for that You have done in our service thus far. I pray in Jesus' name that Your will will be manifest here in Your will alone. Assume control of the service as the dread and sovereign Lord and God of the universe. I pray in Jesus' name that Your name would be glorified here, that each need would be ministered unto. Amen. According to Your will, let it be done unto us today. And these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. We know that as Christians, we ought to pray. We understand that. There are at least two, maybe three verses in all of Scripture that talk about it. Maybe even more than that. That we ought to pray. Amen. Yeah, there's quite a bit more than two or three. But... uh, 
When we go to God in prayer as a Christian, here is oftentimes how it goes. We have a pressing need. We know we can't do anything about it. We know that only God can take care of it. So we have faith that God can take care of that need. And we pray, believing that God is going to answer this time. This time He's going to do it. So we pray, and silence from heaven. That's okay. This is only my first day praying. Importunity. I'm going to keep praying. Crickets from heaven. And that's what we seem to get. We keep praying, but with a little bit less enthusiasm, a little bit less often. There are other needs now, and well, I'll just either endure it or I'll find another solution. I remember, I think I've shared this before. If I have, I'm sorry. When I was a new convert, relatively new, uh, I remember. This person had a headache. And uh, so I figured, you know, we'd pray for the headache. We were getting ready to pray. and uh, But they brought some aspirin out. And God is my witness. They laid hands on the aspirin. And they were praying for the aspirin, that God would use the aspirin to take care of the headache. I've no problem taking an aspirin for a headache. I, I don't think there's anything evil or demonic about that by any means. I've taken aspirin for headaches. Uh, but <laughs> that whole thing was just surreal to me. I didn't understand what was going on. Can't we just pray for the headache? Can't God bypass the, the aspirin? I mean, if that's what we're doing here, can't He just bypass all that and, and just go straight to the headache? I mean, is, is God able to do that? I think He is. And so, I was just dumbfounded by that. And I've, I've, I've seen similar situations. I mean... You know, we pray for the, the doctors that, that God would guide their hands and all of that. And I think that's good. I do. I, I pray that way. Um, but I also pray for the sickness itself, the infirmity itself. Um, God is certainly able to guide the doctor's hands, but He's also able to, to heal the sick directly. And so, I. but it's easier... It's easier to pray for the aspirin. It's easier to pray for the doctors. And here's why. Because I don't know if he's going to heal the headache. And if he doesn't, well, it's the aspirin. Something goes wrong during the surgery, well, it's the doctors. It's not God. 
when we pray, folks, there ought to be an answer. And I want to speak. I'll speak on and off to this silence that we hear so often when we pray. I want to speak to that silence. 2 Corinthians 12, 7-10 says, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. A lot of people believe this is a sickness, particularly of the eyes. I'm not so sure. Uh, the, the, the wording used, etc., the way it's structured, all of that stuff, I have my doubts. I think it's something else maybe, but in any case, whatever it was, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. Does the Apostle Paul know how to pray? Does the Apostle Paul know how to hear from God? Okay, we're good so far. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. He prayed. He went to the Lord. He took it to God in prayer. And he did hear from God, didn't he? God said, no. The affliction stays. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Why has it got to stay? Lest I be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. God's saying, Paul, I love you too much to take that away. I love you too much to leave you to your own devices. Paul could have said, well, it's okay, God. I'll be okay. Just take the pain away. I'm, I'm not going to be exalted above measure. You can trust me. I'll be fine. God said, no. It stays. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Okay, Paul had a pressing need. Paul had faith that God can remove this thorn of the flesh. So he took it to God in prayer. And God answered. But he didn't answer the way Paul wanted him to answer. Paul wanted it removed. He wanted it gone out of his life. God said, no, the affliction stays. It's not going to go away. But he got an answer. He didn't get silence. God spoke. Paul heard. All right, Matthew 21, 21 through 22. We'll continue. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. It shall be done. In all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. Alright, there's a biblical principle of speaking to the mountain. There are some things that we must ask God for in prayer. But there are other things that we are required to take authority over and command them. 
Luke 10.19 says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. God has given each of you authority. He's given each of you power to come to Him in prayer for everything. No. We do have the ability, the privilege of coming to God in prayer at any time we want. We can take any need we want, any need we have to God. But, there are some circumstances that enter into our lives that we are to take care of ourselves through God, through the power and the authority that He has given us. We are to speak to the mountains in our lives. There are some things that we take them to God and God's saying, why are you taking this to me? Deal with it. Command it. I've given you authority over that. But there are a lot of Christians today that will not assume authority over these things. They will not exercise the power that God has given them. They're content to endure. There are some things that we are required to endure. He that endureth to the end shall be saved. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. Amen. There are some things we must endure, but there are other things that we put up with in our lives we ought not put up with. We should get a little bit of holy indignation rising up in us. A little bit of anger and sin not. There are things we should be angry about. And we should deal with them like a child of God. Like a prince. Like a princess. Matthew 10, 7 and 8 says, As ye go preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely ye have received, freely give. Freely God has bestowed upon you power and authority to do all of these things. He has. So do it. Just do it. Mark 16, 17 and 18 confirms this isn't just for the apostles. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. Are there devils today? You better believe there are. There are devils right here with us. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. We have power and authority that we need to exercise, but we don't believe it. We'll start believing it. I know how you feel. I know how it seems. Okay, I get that. It seems incredible. It seems impossible. It seems crazy. Why would God give that kind of power to a man? Why would God bestow that measure of authority to me? I get how that sounds. I get how that makes us feel sometimes. But friend, you've got to start believing it because it's in the Word of God. I don't care what you're feeling. I don't care how it seems. This is, this is the Word of God. The Word of God says you're a child of His. The Word of God says you're... A, The Word of God says that you're not who you used to be. The Word of God says that you're a new creature in Christ. 
I wish we could all start walking like that. That we would start accepting it. Why won't we? Well, the obvious answer is I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to receive this. I can't accept that Jesus gives me that level of power and authority. I can't accept that Jesus feels about me the way He does. I can't accept that that He died for me. I, I can't accept that that he would, he would feel that way about me. And I understand all that too. But again, friend, the Word of God versus how I'm feeling. I've got to go with God's Word. And I've got to kick my feelings to the curb or, or deal with them or get over them or something. I don't know what I need to do, but I got to get over. I got to get over how I'm feeling about it, because the Word of God says that these things are true. The Word of God says that He has declared me to be worthy. I wasn't worthy, but I am worthy now to receive His love, to receive His mercy, to receive power and authority from Him, to receive every victory that He's ever won for me. I'm worthy of it. I'm worthy of a relationship with Him. I'm worthy of the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because of me? Absolutely not. But because He has declared me to be worthy. He's made me a new creature who is worthy to receive these things of Him. So receive them. Own them. Take possession of them. Use them. Walk in that truth. In Jesus' name, walk in that truth. Sometimes we don't use it because we haven't needed to use it. Had a pretty good life here in the United States. Had headaches. I've had aches and pains from time to time. We get older. They happen more frequently. We just learn to live with it. We just deal with it. Take an aspirin. Go see the doc. We're good. And again, nothing wrong with the aspirin. Nothing wrong with the doc. It's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, we just haven't had to exercise that power and that authority. There are Christians who were born in the United States, lived their whole life in church, went on to meet the Lord, never had to deal with this stuff. Never met one demon or devil. Never cast one out. I can't imagine that, but apparently it's true. I've never seen it used in others. That's an ex- well, it's an excuse technically, but I think there's some, some merit to that. It's never been mentored to me. It's never been shown to me how to do that. I've never seen anyone do that, not consistently. I have some questions. You don't have to shout them up, but I want you to answer them to yourself. Who did God create you to be? Think about that. Who did He create you to be? A lump on a rock? 
Is someone treading water till he comes to get me? Did he create me to be something more? If so, what? Who am I supposed to be in him? How does God want us to operate? You know, there's a, uh, I've told you this before, I first got into church, I was, Jesus is coming back tomorrow, and good grief, I'm, I'm so far behind the curb, I gotta catch up. I gotta study, I gotta, I gotta start doing this, and I gotta start doing that, and, and souls need saving, and I gotta go out and get them, cause he comes back tomorrow, and, and they're not gonna make it. And, 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 an elder, Calmed me down a little bit and said that uh, God knows God knows about them. God knows their situation. He knows your situation. <clears throat> He's got everything taken care of. But in effect, what this individual told me is, you need to worry about becoming who God wanted you to be. He used other words and. Uh, but in effect, that's, that's what I received. Don't worry about doing all of these things. Worry about becoming who God wants you to be. The doing will follow. I, can start doing, I could have started doing right then, and I'd have made a train wreck of things. I wasn't ready to do everything I wanted to do. I could have, I could have went out there and forced it. And I, I did with my family. I witnessed to him and bleh, all over him. A lot of you guys know what I'm talking about. And they were freaked out and they didn't want anything to do with it. How about that? Amazing. And I, I walked away. I'm being persecuted for Jesus. <laughs> no, you just, just need to say things differently. That's all. Anyway, worry about becoming. Who did God create me to be? When I am the person God created me to be, the doing follows by default. It's just going to take care of itself. I'm going to do the things that God wants me to do. But I've got to first become. If I just start doing, fake it till I make it, that's not going to work, folks. Not long term. Not long term. And I can force things and I can, I can do things out of guilt or out of a sense of obligation because i got to get this stuff done. Jesus wants me to do this stuff. And folks, I suppose that's a better reason than not doing it at all. But, but we don't have to serve Jesus Christ out of guilt or obligation. We should be serving Him out of joy. I should be serving Him out of love because I want to. I desire to. If I have any other motivation, there's something wrong here. There's a relationship issue that, that I need God to work out in my life. I need to serve God because of I want to. I, I get joy from serving. Whatever it is I'm doing for the Lord, I ought to be doing it out of joy.
Does God desire us to experience victory or defeat? Joy or misery? Peace or anxiety? Faith or fear? What ought we be experiencing as children of the Most High God? Well, does that mean I'm never going to have a hard time or a difficult situation? No, of course not. In fact, you're going to have some difficult situations simply because you're serving Jesus. You'll avoid other difficult situations simply because you're serving Jesus. But what's in here, folks, ought not change. Whether I'm on the mountaintop or whether I'm in the deepest, darkest valley in a period of mourning, grief, even then, I can still have joy in my heart. I can still be at peace knowing that God has the whole situation under control. I'm not worried about things. I'm not worried about situations or, or surprise events that come up. They surprise me. Oh, yeah. I don't have any peripheral vision. So these events, they just blindside me every time. <laughs> that was a joke. Okay. <laughs> I get blindsided a lot. But uh, but God's not blindsided. God saw him coming a thousand miles away. And he's got everything worked out and he's ready for it. I'm not worried about that stuff. We shouldn't be worried. We shouldn't be anxious. We shouldn't be careful for anything. Okay, here's the big question. Is it God's desire to answer our prayers or no? We know what the correct answer is. Now there's some people just getting a little bit anxious. I know what the correct answer is, but but he doesn't always answer mine. Right? Can we be honest in church? I know the correct answer is yes. He wants to answer my prayers, but he doesn't always answer mine. So, what's the deal here? Well, let's unpack it a little bit. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 states this. Good a place as any to start. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. I'm going to add a second verse to that. James 4 and 3. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Okay, so, these two verses state this. I've got to pray God's will. Not mine. Okay. Fair enough. So, what's God's will? According to these, I need to know the will of God. Is it important that I know the will of God? Uh, yeah. You bet it is. Are we ambassadors of Christ? Ambassadors just don't go off and do their own thing, folks. 
They received directives from higher headquarters. They represent the country, the nation, in our case, the kingdom that we originate from. I need to know the will of God. I need to hear God's voice. Yeah. When I pray, I'm expecting that God's going to answer. Somehow. I have never heard God's audible voice. I know there are those that have. I never have. But I do receive answers from God. I do receive direction from God through Scripture, through thoughts, through the preaching of the Word. Are we comfortable hearing the voice of God? Or are we, is that God or is that me? Is that God or is that something else? We need to be comfortable hearing the voice of God. We need to be comfortable hearing God's answer to our prayers. Not the answer we're looking for, God's answer. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus had a vehement, importune prayer request. That was a need, folks. And he was a motivated prayer. But he said, nevertheless, this is what I would like to see done. But your will needs to be done. I had all kinds of things I'd like to see, experience. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I'm looking for God's answer. That's why I'm bringing it to Him. His answer might sometimes be no. The situation stays as it is. But there's a reason for it. The situation might be wait. I'll take care of it, but at a later date. Is that alright? No! It's not alright. I want it done now. Are you kidding me? This is why I'm praying now. Yeah, well, I may have to wait anyway. Yeah, I'm not God. Aren't you all happy about that? I am. (laughs) I'm not in God's stead. I'm going to let God take care of that stuff. If He wants me to wait, well, bless God. There's a reason for it. And I'm going to wait. And I'm going to rejoice in the answer. God answered my prayer. He answered it. Alright, let's continue. John 15, 7. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Alright. So abiding in Christ and being filled with God's Word ensures that I will pray according to His will. My will becomes His will at that point. What an awesome situation to be in. I desire what God desires. I want what God wants. You see that? 
If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. We can get to the place, folks, where they coincide. God desires something, therefore I desire it. If I have a desire in my heart, it's reflecting what God wants done. That's Christ-like. That's being Christ-like. That's not something I can do. That's someone I have to become. And then, Isaiah 65, 24, It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Mark 11.24 says, Therefore I say unto you what things whoever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Okay, here's another one. I have to believe. There can be no doubt in my heart that God is going to give my request to me. I have to believe completely. When Jesus went to see Lazarus, We get the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Why did He weep? It wasn't for Lazarus. Jesus knew it was about to take place. Jesus knew He was only sleeping. He was going to get up here pretty quick. Their lack of faith. They could believe Him for the future. They could believe Him for the past. And isn't that true of us? I can't believe Him for the here and now. I can believe Him for someday. Someday everything's going to work out. Someday everything's going to be good. And it will be someday. We're going home. I mean, worst case scenario, I go to heaven and everything is worked out. I have great faith for what He did in the past because He did. He did this, that, and the other. He was awesome. He did all of this stuff. But right now, my need right now, I have difficulty trusting Him with it. I have difficulty because when I bring him things to, to, to Him in prayer, I didn't always get an answer. When I've brought things to Him in prayer in the past, it didn't always work out the way I wanted it to. And so now I got a stigma that I got to get over. What's going to happen when I bring it to him this time? These are pretty open-ended promises, folks. But there are a few provisos in there. I got to pray his will. I can't pray it upon my own lusts. I have to abide in him. Folks, if we check these boxes, we are assured, assured that we will receive an answer from Him. And the rest of the things, well, He's already taken care of that by giving us power and authority over them. We don't pray that Jesus will deliver me from a demon. 
I hope you don't. Jesus is going to... Why? Take care of it. Command it. That's absolutely right. The rest of those things, God has already taken care of by bestowing upon you power and authority over it. Why can't we believe in God's promises? And I know that's a direct question to ask. But we don't always believe in the promises of God. Why is that? Well, again, I've tried it and they don't always work. That's the reason I I think I would get the most. Well, why didn't they work? Or did they work and you weren't listening? Or did they work, but it wasn't the answer you wanted? I think it's probably one of those. Did we give up praying and asking and seeking before God was ready to give an answer? I've told you this before. I prayed for my dad for over 30 years. Over 30 years. I finally got an answer to that. First Thessalonians says 5:17 says pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. I know specifically that means we ought to be praying always. Don't ever stop praying. But I think it also could apply to individual needs. We bring a need before God and he doesn't answer, so we stop and we just deal with it or find another solution. Because, folks, praying is difficult. It's difficult. I got to find time, and there's all this stuff I got to do. I'm sounding facetious, and I'm kind of half facetious. But it's true that we are, we are pressed for time. There's never enough time in, in our society today. But we'll always have the time to do everything that we really want to do. We will make the time. What do we really want to do? I could do other things and just learn to live with the situation. See how that works? Now I don't have to pray. I learned to live with it. It's good enough. Is that the kind of life that you want? Just good enough. Just get by. The question I asked earlier, who did God create us to be? It wasn't someone that just gets by. It wasn't someone that just accepts things as good enough. You're the king's child. He wants to give you the very best. The very best life has to offer. Yeah, but do you know who I am? No, but I don't need to. God knows who you are. He knows who you are all the way down. And this is what He's saying. You're my son. You're my daughter. I died for you. I... 
I can say it this way. I didn't die for you to just endure things and just to accept things and to just go with the flow. I didn't die for you so that you could sit there and listen to other voices and accept circumstances and situations you were never meant to endure. I died for you so that you could be victorious over these things. I died for you so that you could have abundant life. Abundant life. Keep praying. You don't get an answer? I don't care. Keep praying. Because God's Word says He's going to answer. Importunity. Jesus told a parable about that, didn't He? It must mean something to Him. It must be important for us to understand. The unjust judge wouldn't answer the lady for any other reason except that she kept bothering him. So he finally gave in to her request to shut her up. So keep praying. Still here. Still asking. Still, still need an answer. Do it respectfully. You know, you know how to approach the throne of grace. But keep at it. Keep at it until God answers. Daniel prayed for three weeks. It was heard the first day. There was a spiritual situation that needed to be resolved first. It's in my mind to, to believe that that situation probably would never have been resolved if it weren't for Daniel's prayer. Daniel wasn't praying for that. He was praying for knowledge. But his prayer caused something else in the Spirit to happen, didn't it? Your prayers are powerful in the Spirit. Your, powers, your, your prayers move the hand of God. That's the only thing that moves the hand of God is your prayers. When God's hand begins to move, Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. That's how we get peace. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Why do we have peace, folks? Peace that passes all understanding. Because God's got the situation. We've given it to Him now. He's taking care of it. And I trust Him. I trust Him. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Psalm 55.22 says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord and He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Psalm 50 and 15 says, And call upon me in the day of trouble. 
I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. James 5 and 16 says, Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. Now that we understand all of that, let's check that uh, Scripture text out again. Ephesians 3 and 20. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. After all of those Scripture verses, after everything we've discussed, our faith should be fairly strong right now. Our belief in the Lord should be kind of hopefully higher than it was this morning. But even though God can still do infinitely more than I can imagine, He can do infinitely more than I can think of. Now I'm starting to lose some of you. And here's why. Because now we're talking about infinity. We're talking about things so far beyond... I mean, it's, it's ludicrous. Can you imagine what a quadrillion, what one quadrillion dollars is? You know what the number is. I mean, you, you know what that represents. One quadrillion of something. But that, that number pales in comparison to a Google you know what a Google is? Not Googling. It's actually a number. One Google. That's one with a hundred zeros after it. That's a crazy big number. Unimaginable. God is way beyond that. And so how in the world am I supposed to comprehend what we're talking about right now? And your mind goes... Let me try to bring it down to our level. I'm not talking disparagingly. I'm just infinite as way up here. And you and I, we're way down here. <clears throat> what God can do in your situation is anything. Anything that He needs to do. Anything that you need done. Can He save individuals? Yes, He can. Can He heal your body? Yes, He can. Can He heal your mind? Absolutely, He can. He created it. He built it from the ground up. Surely, He can repair it. Whatever sin's done in your life, He can fix it. Whatever train wreck you've made of a life, He can repair it. Whatever mess you have in relationships, He can restore it. He can do anything that you need Him to do. Period. There are no limitations on God. Whatever I have need of, I can bring it to Him in prayer. And He promises to take care of it 
for me. If I have a demon or devil, if I have a sickness in my body, I can command those things. I can take authority over those things. I am supposed to, as a child of God, not put up with them. Now, if God comes back with an answer, I'm going to go with the answer, just like Paul. I'm going to command that sickness. I'm going to rebuke it. I'm going to take authority over it. But if God says, no, it's there for a reason, I'm going to be like, all right, that's my answer. Otherwise, I'm going to expect it to go. If not immediately, (laughs) soon hereafter, because I'm going to keep at it. Speak to that mountain. Don't be afraid to speak to the mountain. Don't be afraid to take authority over things that should not have authority over you. Do not give them authority over you. You do give them authority over you when you ignore them, when you put up with them, when you listen to them, when you just walk side by side with them and hope they go away. Don't do that. Because you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. I promise you that. Take everything from them. Prayer is an office that we need to be exercising regularly. Exercising power and authority is something that we should be doing regularly as children of God, as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We all know that we exercise that power and that authority in His behalf, not ours. To see His will accomplished, not ours. To see His kingdom advanced, not ours. We, we understand that. But when we're doing that, when we're advancing His kingdom, we're accomplishing His will, we're after and seeking His glory, then God's going to back you 100% every single time. He'll back you. Psalm 37, 4 and 5. Kind of the first conclusion. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Delight yourself in Him. Delight yourself in His will. Delight yourself in His pleasure. Wrap yourself up in Jesus. Let Him be your focal point. Let Him be your focus, your reason for living, for doing, for being. And He'll give you the desires of thine heart again. When you delight yourself in the Lord, you delight yourself in His precepts, His judgments, His commandments. You delight yourself in in how He thinks, His will for your life, His will for the kingdom of God. And you're not going to pray amiss. You're going to pray according to His will. Because you delight in His will. You delight in knowing His will. Doing His will. Do you have the courage to start doing this today? Can we take God at His word? We try to do it in our service today. 
Should we try something new? New is fun. New is cool. They tried something new in Topeka, Kansas at one point in time. Look what happened there. They all got filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's try stepping out in total faith. Faith in the Word of God. Faith in the commandments of God. Let's try God's promises today and see what happens, shall we? Let's all stand. Went longer than I wanted to. Let's all come to the front. We're going to pray over some things. I've said prayer is difficult. True prayer, I think, is difficult. Uh, certainly spiritually. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of warfare. However, at the same time, prayer doesn't need to be loud and boisterous. God's not deaf, Brother McGinnis. <laughs> I told that one time. <clears throat> he can hear me just fine whether I'm whispering or whether I'm shouting at the rooftops. Sometimes shouting is just more fun, though. It feels more spiritually powerful. That's why people, when they lay a hand, they, they shake. I've heard Brother Stone King say, I do that because it feels more powerful in the spirit. <laughs> I guess that's fair. <laughs> but uh, but pray how you will. Uh, and prayer doesn't have to be long either. It doesn't have to be three, four hours. Although three, four hour prayers are awesome. Uh, certainly encourage you to try that if you're not. But uh, but when we're bringing a need to God, it, it doesn't have to be long, it doesn't have to be loud and boisterous, and it doesn't have to be a lot of these and thous and oh, most high God, we worship Thee. You know, like, you don't need to pray King James, okay? Just pray 2023, English, you. Just pray that way. That's, that's cool. That's totally fine. God will understand you, I promise. <clears throat> he sure does. He sure does. He may even understand Ebonics. <laughs> but I don't. I don't. Um, so when we pray, when we take our needs to the Lord in prayer, just remember that. It can be simple. It can be the prayer of a child. But God hears when we're sincere when we're seeking the Lord because we have a, a, a need. He hears that. He's drawn to that. He responds to that. Amen. So, don't be intimidated by those of you, those of us that pray differently maybe than you do. Uh, just pray you. Speak to Him as you would any other of your friends. He is our friend. He's the one that can take care of our needs. He's the one that can take care of whatever, whatever, whatever situation you face. He can take care of it. He wants to take care of it. He died on a cross so that He could provide that need for you. He didn't come just to forgive sins. That's the important thing. 
He came to save us. Thank God for that. He came to heal us. He came to provide our needs. He came to bless us and to minister to us, to encourage us, to make us like Him. What an awesome God. Amen. So let's pray. Let's call out to God how you will. Feel free. Feel a liberty here, folks. You're at home. You're with family. Pray with liberty. Pray with freedom. But pray. Seek the face of God. Whatever it is you have need. If you have no needs, then thank Him that you have no needs. Rejoice in His presence. Amen. He'll take that too. If anyone has a need they'd like to call out, uh, call it out.